Welcome to Business Acceleration Playbook. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how to build strategic partnerships that can help you grow your business. Strategic partnerships can provide access to new customers, expertise, resources, and opportunities for collaboration. But before we can dive in and start discussing that, we need to figure out what is strategic partnerships? Well, I think that's such a key question because so many people have so many different understandings of what partnerships are or what they could be. Uh, but in, in the reality is, I mean, there's long definitions and you could teach an entire course just on this, but let's summarize it, right? So it's an it's a formal agreement of a collaboration and then they're typically characterized by just a couple of things. One is making sure that you've got a shared vision, you got shared goals. Two is that you got complementary compatibility. So you have to be able to help each other and work that way. Three, and this is a big one for me, actually, I think this would be number one, mutual trust and commitment. Because if you don't have the trust, it doesn't matter what's going on in the partnership, it's going to break down. So there's got to be the trust. Three, Four is clear roles, responsibilities. We talked a little bit about that in previous episodes about employees and stuff, but this it, it applies directly to the partnership as well. Five is the risk share and risk management. And we'll probably talk more about that because that's a key element. If one party has too much risk and the other doesn't, it's not a win-win. And then the long-term orientation of how is this going to play out? So those are the, the characteristics. So let me go through them. Shared vision, complementary capabilities, mutual trust, clear roles, risk sharing, and long-term long-term orientation. Well, and I think you know, a question that's probably in people's minds right now is, you know, why is this a good idea? What are some benefits? What's what's some important factors if somebody is considering maybe going into a strategic partnership? And I think thinking about some of the outline things that you said, you know, I think that it's, it's definitely not something you want to just do willy nilly for sure. It's something that oh, you no. do want to put a lot of thought into. Yeah. I, I mean, the benefit of it is obviously you have you, can, you only have like, and we talked about this in, in regards to there's limitations on how much time you have. And if you want to be able to become bigger and you want to grow, you've got to expand your time. The only way to do that is to actually have somebody else. So you've got 24 hours. They've got 24 hours. Now you got 48 hours, right? So that's one component. The other component is the sharing of the risk. The other component is the fact of the financial aspect and the responsibilities and what you can do. I mean, like it, it literally, if you have the correct partnership, it can increase the strength of your weaknesses while you increase their weaknesses. You increase the strength of their weaknesses. That gives you the benefit to be able to grow a business in a way that you really wouldn't be able to do in and on yourself. There's just I know that's very conceptual. And then when it hits the grassroots or when, it, when the rubber meets the road, the benefits compound based on having a good strategic partnership versus how bad it could be if it's a bad strategic partnership. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, I think another thing I would probably add to a benefit of a good strategic partnership is just a different perspective. Yes. You know, we've talked about that a lot because, you know, the way that we think and the way that we experience the world is obviously different. And that's a good thing, yep. right? Because it's going to cause us to be able to look at things from another perspective. That old saying, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. It gives us that ability to be able to, you know, hear it from a different side, see it from a different side and open up kind of how we're absorbing things based on you know, how they are. And I think that is a, a big thing. I know, you know, a lot of times disagreements on lots of things can cause arguments, but I like to look at it different because I like it. 
Um, and I'm not going to get into religion and politics and all that kind of stuff because obviously those are very fueled, um, passionate topics. But, you know, the way I even view those things is I want to hear kind of the quote unquote other side of what I don't know. You know, I want to hear it. it. It may or may not sway how I feel about it and my thought on it, but I want to hear it because yeah. it's going to give us that other, like always makes me wonder why do they think that way, right? So it's it's so important when you're thinking about a strategic partnership. I do think that you have to have um, similar values and all that kind of stuff when you're going into one or very um, specific targeted um, you know, relatable, what you're doing, what they're doing that way. If you do have a difference in, you know, uh, um, opinions or, you know, values on certain things, that's not something that's going to interfere. I think that's very important to kind of think about, but I don't think it necessarily has to be a deal breaker. Um, in my opinion, I do think that you mentioned, uh, like, the right strategic partnership. I really uh, like, there's a book called Rocket Fuel. Have you read that? I have, I have a okay. slight disagreement with that, but I love the concept. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear your disagreement, but I am, I like it actually, the first time that I read that, I was like, oh, it kind of made a lot of things make sense yeah. to me in my own mind, just the way I think that again, logical thinking, not that I don't have some level of logical thinking, because that's the thing we have, you know, bits of it, but I am definitely more visionary, like by far. Um, but you know, I think for me, where I am weaker is in those super specific implementation logical things. Yep. If I have somebody that's coming in that is strong in that, you know, that project is amazing because, yep. you know, we balance each other out. Um, but I also can say that sometimes, again, if you can't figure out your differences, that same difference and how you think of things can tear you apart. Yeah. I, so, I mean, basically the first point is really understanding what a partnership is and defining that and going down that road. And then point two and three are like, I liken that into the relationships. You have to be able to build a relationship. So one is you have to identify it. And two is you have to develop it. So you have to be able to look at that. And how do we actually go from the identifying it? And that's what you just were mentioning. Identi identity comes in understanding your weaknesses, assessing your needs and your goals. And that's where the rocket fuel is really a powerful thing to understand if you're a visionary or an implementer. And that's the way rocket fuel divides it out. And so you just, you can look at that. You can look at your personalities to be able to identify what's there. You can look at what are the needs as far as your production parts of it. That's all part of identifying what you need in a strategic partnership. And then to develop that, now you actually have to... Uh, you know, when you're dating and when you're going into that kind of a relationship, it's not like you're getting married right away. You kind of you, you got to start to get to know the person, understand where they're coming from, understanding their background, which develops trust. It develops that commitment. And then you take that step into marriage. Right. It's not just a hey, I see you. I mean, it does happen sometimes, but for the most part, it happens where you're building a relationship and that's how you start to develop that. So when you're defining the objectives of where you want to be. And we talk about vision and we talk about all these other things of what you really have to understand that when you're developing a, a, a partnership in, in a strategy type way, you've got to know that you guys are on the same path and it's going to be more of a win-win relationship for you both that you complement each other so that you can collaborate on those things. Well, and I think you mentioned kind of the dating and the marriage thing. I think that's a good point to kind of illustrate what I was going to say on it doesn't necessarily mean that if you get into a partnership, you have to partner all the things. Yes. Right. 
So if you're in that dating process and you're like, you know what, I really like, you know, this corner, this right here, we do really well on this, but I'm not quite ready for, you know, marriage, right? I'm not quite ready to take everything that I have, everything they have, and let's move in, you know, and share a life. I'm not ready for that, but I do like this dating, right? I like this aspect. Yeah. Um, I think that that is okay because I know there are a lot of examples I can give where, well, even in my own personal life, but in companies that they've done that. They didn't, you know, mesh everything together, but they created a strategic partnership, a joint venture, a new product or whatever it was, and just kind of combined on those aspects. Well, we're, you and I are doing that right now. Mm -hmm. I, I have a Lego business, you have a coffee shop, and we don't have anything that's in common with each other on those two pieces, right? We, we don't even, that's not even involved. But when it comes to the business acceleration playbook, we're working together for a common goal, for a common objective. And we've gotten to know each other over the last several years to make sure that our morals and our, our goals are, are headed in the same direction, which allows us to then have this really cool interaction with each other. So this is a great example. Just the two of us is a great example of kind of that process of developing developing and I mean it's nurturing a relationship and obviously it's a, a it's a business relationship that we're doing to be able to help others and that's our common goal absolutely well and I think you know one of the benefits and we can just use this as an example is we both have things that we're really you know great at or things that we do you know in some of our other businesses that we already have the resources there to be able to tap into that allows us to just add this little vertical and do it over here. The using StreamYard, for example, I use StreamYard in some of my other shows. I don't have to pay extra to use StreamYard again, right? Yeah. So we're able to use this without an extra cost. So, I mean, I think it's like, again, thinking about like what resources, you know, do the parties have to kind of bring to the table? You know, what is it that, you know, they can bring as far as, you know, time, you know, talent and skills, actual, you know, financial resources, um, you know, tools, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I, and I love this whole part of the, it's not even, yes, all of those things are absolutely true, but it's also looking at our strengths and yes. some of the things that I'm very opinionated about, you kind of calm me down a little bit on because there's sometimes we've been on a shared podcast or a shared episode and I say something and you're just like, well, that's not exactly what Tim meant. I, I mean, it came across really, really harsh, but it's not because you, the relationship allows for that trust and you're able to kind of like back it up and say, well, this is actually a different way of saying that exact same thing. And we get the point across. And so the, the strengths that we have, whether it's a communication or our personalities are able to complement each other to be able to get specific points across. Absolutely. Well, and I think that is a, you know, a huge part of that, just thinking about ways that you can use that collaboration again, whether the communication is huge, right? right. And the way that sometimes I'm going to need your more direct, you know, um, communication skills. Well, we've even off kind of, air you know, and with my explanations and make it very flowery. And yeah, we, because you, know. you and I, we've joked in uh, some of the things that we've collaborated on, whether it was a consulting thing, it was like we've joked about the mom and the dad relationship yep. in business, right? It's like, hey, Tim, I need you to come be the dad in this situation. And I need you to be able to kind of lay the law down and, and put that in the, into perspective for somebody that's maybe a little wayward in what they are doing uh, and they're a little bit off track and they're not adhering to what the, the boundaries are for that organization. Uh, and it, it's very true when you're looking at that. So the way, and I, so this is kind of just a, I'll call it a little bit of a rabbit trail because it does fit within all of this, but the underlying component here is in order to find the partners 
to have strategic relationships with and to collaborate is really a part of your network. And how are you growing that network? Uh, that I think needs to be commented on here because so many people are like, well, I would love to have a strategic partner, but then they stay in their little office. They never go out. They never meet anybody. They never do any kind of a social thing. And believe me, everybody's different when it comes to social. Some people do business on a golf course. I know Maria hates the golf course. <laughs> and it hates me back, so. <laughs> <laughs> but there's other ways to be able to, to network and to be able to talk with people and be able to get in front and find where those things are at and do some of your own research. Um, I know for me, my biggest challenge is in Northern Michigan is the distance. I don't have a big city that I can go to to be able to find a whole lot of people. So I have to take advantage of online type networking. Um, and I'm part of several different online network groups. Those guys are Chicago, South Carolina, Florida. I mean, but we all come together on a shared network to be able to work together, look at things and understand the, the strengths and possibly at some point in time, maybe put together a strategic partner for a project of some sort. Absolutely. Well, and I think depending on the project, you've got to think about things like that, right? Specific types of projects, you may need somebody that's yeah. right there, you know, near you. But for a lot of them, especially the way that, you know, everything is so interconnected now, it doesn't work the way that it used to. Used to, to have a strategic partnership, you would have to have somebody that was local or that yes. you all were willing to travel back and forth. And that's thankfully not the case anymore. But, you know, either way, whenever you're figuring out, um, you know, the strategic partnership, one of the biggest things you need to think about is, you know, what are the roles and responsibilities and expectations? Because I, I think that that is one that most of the time accidentally gets missed because, you know, we know, again, what we're, what we're, you know, putting in, we know what we're expecting to get, but sometimes we're not really clear in our communication and we expect, that the other person just kind of like reads our mind on that instead of just sitting down and kind of being clear on, okay, well, here's what I have and what I can bring to the table. And here's kind of what I'm thinking that you are going to bring to the table. Now, whether you're like, yes, I love that. Or oh, I actually think it needs to be like this. That doesn't matter. It's more just kind of discussing those things. Yeah. Partnerships are complicated. And I'm going to oversimplify with that understanding that there's a lot more to this. And there's our, there are three specific things that have to be addressed. One, we already talked about the objective. Yep. Two is what you just talked about in regards to understanding the roles of the expectations. Three is how do we resolve conflict? And those are the three key elements in any partnership. So the objective, we talked about making sure that you've got common values, you've got uh, the mission, you've got common objectives, you know where you're going to go. The expectations, obviously, that's going to tie into your objectives as well, but the job roles, the responsibilities, and when I say the accountability, we talked about that in the employee thing. It's the same situation here. Who is going to take ownership for what roles and what responsibilities and then allowing that piece of paper, that acceptance of that role to be the thing that holds you accountable? And then the last thing, too, and I've seen this happen so often, is the conflict resolution or the ability to be able to dissolve a partnership if it's not working out. Yep. That is something that needs to be addressed before you enter into a partnership, not during or not when it's everything is falling apart. And here, here's the thing too, and this is again, it's a little bit of a side trail because what I have seen so often is, well, I am really, really good friends with Maria. And so we're gonna start this partnership because we're really good friends. 
well, something goes wrong. We don't really clearly define our expectations. We don't clearly define our roles. Like Maria just said, it's in my head, but I don't necessarily tell everybody else that. And then it starts to fall apart. And then now suddenly Maria and I, we no longer are friends. And the fact is we don't even talk to each other. If you do those three things, and specifically, if you define how it's going to, how it could end, if somebody's not satisfied in the relationship, that has a higher chance of preserving a friendship than is if you don't do that. And, and you have to have that clear thing like, hey, I can just pull this uh, escape lever on it. And it, obviously there has to be boundaries and there's got to be rules. And this is much deeper conversation. But if you can at least acknowledge that there has to be, how do we solve this conflict? Is there one person that's going to have a 51% say? Or is it somebody that this is my area of ownership? And so I have the final say in that. Like you have to discuss who has the final say when there is a disagreement on that. Sometimes it's a minor thing. Uh, shoot, I mean, I've watched, you know, we're going to, we talked about religion and not talking about it, but this one is kind of funny. I've watched church split over the color of the carpet that's going to go in the auditorium. It's such a minor thing. I mean, like, really, you're going to split a church over uh, the color of a carpet? I mean, come on. And that's the kind of stuff that you want to be able to avoid. I mean, like, why would you get on a high horse about the color of a carpet? There's obviously some deeper issues that are going on that were not addressed, and that creates that conflict that's unresolved and obviously creates a split. Well, and I think that that's the key point, right? There's there's always deeper issues because we are humans yep. and we are we're actually deep. Um, and so I think that's the key to all of this is realizing that, you know, we are emotional creatures. We are. And there's there's good to that and there can be bad to that. So I think that's the biggest reason and the biggest why that you should kind of be very clear about your expectations and like what everybody's going to be bringing to the table. And again, you know, if you don't agree, like how do we kind of divide and, you know, kind of part ways on the business front and still retain the, you know, the relationship, like you mentioned. And I've seen this happen not only in friends, but in family. Yes. And it's sad, you know, whenever, you know, it's from the outside looking in, it's something super minor that is not worth a relationship that again, triggers something deep within one or both parties and causes such a rift. So, you know, part of us saying this and kind of hammering this in is because it is so important because relationships are one of our biggest assets. Yeah. And, you know, it's even though business is great, I love, you know, doing business, you don't want to ruin relationships for the sake of business. So this is one thing that you can do to try to make sure that you avoid that. Yeah, you're mentioning about families and um for some reason, the family rifts when you have a partnership and it actually divides has a, a bigger ripple impact on that. And, and this is what I mean by that. If you don't do this, this is what could happen. Um, I know of a situation right now where a family has a business and the son is now separated because the dad got married to uh, um, his stepmom now and they don't like each other. And so that business is now falling apart. Yeah. They're taking it and they're separating it. They're trying to be doing it. Uh, nicely but it's just it's going to the lawyers and, and they're spending a lot of money on the lawyer aspect which is another reason why you want to have this set in stone because it makes it easy it doesn't cost you all the money the other thing that's causing that other thing that's actually happening is they're trying to draw in because there's other strategic partnerships in that business and they're trying to draw them in on their side and they're saying if you work with so and so that means you can't work with us yeah. or if you work with us then you can't work with with, with so and so and that creates I mean, frankly, one, it creates a lot of bad blood. Two, it creates a lot of 
challenges that you don't see because you're so emotionally involved in that. To the point where if I talk to those that are being told there's an ultimatum, that they don't want to work with either one of them. And they're just like, fine, I'm done with y'all. Yeah, and that causes a that causes a lot of challenges in a business when you start trying to pull people in on your side and say, you can't work with them, you can't work with them. And so there's a lot of fallout that happens by not following these three steps of one, knowing the objective, two, understanding the roles and the responsibilities, and three, being able to have that conflict resolution built into the partnership. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it's unfortunate when things like that happen. And I would love to say it's rare, but it's not. Yeah. So it's, you know, even if you're the best of friends or the other, you're the closest of family, you know, protect your relationship and just kind of get it out on paper. It doesn't have to be some lengthy contract, you know, even just a simple agreement a lot of times can at least get you going forward until maybe something grows giant or you would need a bigger contract. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> well, the one of the, there's one more thing I think I feel is necessary to add is always start slow in the partnership. Yes. Don't ever jump into bed like fully, like what Marie was saying. And yeah. I, I really want to emphasize that point because it's a crawl, walk, run mentality, not a hey, we're we just met, so let's run together. You're, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, so, so stay out of the chapel in Reno. Exactly. But you want to be able to figure out and say, okay, let's test this. And if it's going to be a long-term orientation as described, you want to say, okay, let's see how we work together for three months or six months, and then we'll sign a deeper contract. Or let's see how we do it for this year, and then we'll sign a deeper contract. Because then you're going to understand some of the challenges, and it gives you the right to come back and say, I thought that you were going to be doing this, and I thought that this was your responsibility. Let's have a conversation, not let's break up. I mean, because that's often where we go is like we don't want to deal with that hard conversation. So we immediately jump to the breaking up part. And that's just not going to work. No, and I think that's that's key. Again, it comes back to just clear communication because most of the time that solves, you know, the issue. Um, I do want to jump in and kind of talk about you know, how do we maximize value from these partnerships? Because we've talked about, you know, um, ways to kind of find them, ways to kind of nurture them, some ways to avoid some common, you know, issues. But how do we maximize the value? I I think the very first thing is setting up over time. And that's the walk or the crawl, walk, run concept. And it allows you to expand either the scope or the impact of your partnership because you you know that you're able to do this well together so what other things can we now do so basically what it is is you're setting up a review system it's not just a contract that you sign and we talked about how to sign all that stuff it's not just that part of it but let's actually have a partner's review meeting and whether you set that like a yearly or maybe it's a nine month whatever works for you to set that up and say okay how is this going how can we either expand or maximize the talents that we have and and frankly throughout that year you may have met somebody that you can say well now i have this connection and this expanded network that's going to help both of us and then the introductions start to happen and that's that's the first thing is one is you got to just walk or crawl, walk, run. And and as you do that, it's going to start to maximize the value. And another thing to kind of think about is, you know, while you're, you know, crawling and then walking and then running, you know, think about, you know, new 
verticals or new markets or new opportunities. Back in episode two, we kind of dove into this a whole lot more on identifying, you know, growth opportunities. But, you know, once you've kind of got to the point where you've been crawling for a little bit and you're walking and maybe you're thinking about running, those are good times to kind of start keeping your eyes open for, you know, growth opportunities, opportunities for, you know, a different vertical, a new market. Uh, on that part right there is if you don't take time to think about your business and you're constantly working on your business, you're going to stay right where you're at. You've Absolutely. got to take that time and set it aside and actually think about the future and how to be able to do that. So many great business owners, CEOs, they set that time aside on a weekly basis where they actually think about how to expand. And if you don't take that time, you, you're never going to come up with the ideas. Absolutely. Well, and another thing is that that gives you good time to think about, okay, what's working for me and what's yeah. against me, right? What is it that I feel like is consistently an ongoing uphill battle? Not, hey, I had a bad day yesterday necessarily, but like what is, you know, an area where is taking so much of my time? We talked in several episodes actually about drainers and drivers, you know, what is something that is consistently a drainer and never a driner, driver, right? Like those are times to kind of sit and think about those things and think about them alone because you need to have, you know, that deep thought with yourself, but then discuss that with your partner because a great partnership is continuously evolving and you're refining, you know, what's going on to be able to anticipate and experience that growth. Right. And I, I love those two concepts. You're either refining it or you're evolving it. I mean, like that is two things that you can constantly be doing. And we've used the word adapt. Uh, that could also be evolving. You're adapting to situations. You're adapting to eco economies that are happening. You're adapting to relationships. But you're either refining a process, making it better, or you're going to evolve or slash adapt into something that can be better. And that's where you have to be willing to say that maybe somebody else has a better idea and listen to some of those things. And that's where the partnership comes to play to be the most strategic. When I think that's another benefit of having a partnership is because, you know, assuming up to that point, you've led completely separate lives that then you've had different experiences. And so when you're thinking about needing to evolve or thinking about how to refine, you have, you know, two minds <laughs> instead of just one. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that again, goes back to the perspective conversation a little bit, but that's one of the biggest benefits I've ever seen is because, you know, I can only experience life from, you know, Maria's life. I've only yeah. lived my life. Right. So, you know, being able to tap into Tim's life, you know, that opens up a whole other world that I never thought about. So, you know, used properly, that can be huge for, you know, just growing your business, growing your own personal development and, you know, refining and or and or evolving anything that you've got going on. Yeah. Yep. I 100% agree. I Let me do this. And I, I love the always having some kind of an action plan or action steps coming out of it um, to take away. One, obviously, if you have questions, contact us. We love to be able to talk about those. But two is really reflect on your own goals and your own uh, potential strategic partnerships that go along with your identity. And then two is to develop an action plan that's going to really start to nurture or build a partnership. And then three is just identifying the resources, the support systems that you need assistance on or that you need help with. And that that's really going to define that partnership. 
Absolutely. And thinking about if there's delegation involved, because we talked about in several episodes, just the need to delegate and how to appropriately do that. And, you know, sometimes it may be a case, a lot of times actually be a case where something needs to be delegated. Um, That is an important part of, you know, any strategic partnership. Um, I do want to um, kind of mention there is a lot of people who you know, we'll take this information and just go try to find a partner. <laughs> I do want to, I do want to caution. D- don't just go out there and use like, it's almost like using a dating app and just taking the first person that swipes right, right? You don't want to do that. That's not what this is about. So partnerships are great. And we've given a lot of amazing benefits of them, but just like a relationship, it's going to be the right fit, right? It has to be the right fit. So network, like Tim mentioned earlier, that's a great way to see that you have, you know, some commonalities that there's, you know, some great energy there and some chemistry there. Again, it's just like a dating process in a lot of ways. So I did want to kind of disclaimer that I know that wasn't in the plan, but it hit my brain be like, you know what, you better because you're going to have all these people like, I need a partner. That's it. You know, (laughs) and I have friends that hate partnerships and will never do a partnership because they've been burned several times by them. Done correctly, a partner is a good thing, but it's not for everybody. A hundred percent is not for everybody. Absolutely. Well, today we talked about how building strategic partnerships can be a powerful way to grow your business. And by using the strategies and tools that we discussed today in this episode, you should be able to identify how to negotiate and manage strategic partnerships. So I really appreciate you tuning into this episode and check you out next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode of Business Acceleration Playbook. For more content and free downloads, please visit businessaccelerationplaybook.com. If you've loved the episode, we hope you share it on social media and tag us and let us know. But more importantly, subscribe. That way you can see all of the future episodes that are coming up.